0: Hey, last week we kicked off a a new series. Before we do that, though, I want to kind of call a timeout. Uh, Every once in a while, something happens in your life or in your your family's life or in in a church where you just have to stop and go, you know, I don't want to rush by that. That was really, really good. And if you were here last weekend, it was just really good, all right? At all four of our campuses, we we saw things like this. Which, Growing up, I didn't even think this was possible. We saw 700 people be baptized last weekend across our four campuses, (laughs) which is just crazy all right and then uh, the other part of it is that uh, uh again across all, all of our campuses we, we had uh, 2,000 men step up you know take a knee before God and go you're the authority of my life I want to love the people in my life better and forgive myself so those those some of those men are in this room but just give it up for them right now you know it's like it's it's so good it, it's so good. You know, Sometimes I, sometimes I think that uh, whenever we do something you know, big like that, like a baptism weekend or, a, or like the thin red line thing or whatever, and at all of our campuses, there's a, there's a, uh, a display out in all of the lobbies. And if you weren't here last week and you want to do that, you can go out there and you can get one of those and, and sign your name. But sometimes I think we ought to give a disclaimer that if you decide to get baptized or really take a stand and try to move your family towards something good, whatever that is, it should come with this disclaimer that you're probably going to have a horrible week. Like, it's like any time that we try to move off of stuck or try to move any part of our life to something better, it's like the devil goes like, uh-uh, and he just comes after us. And I've, I've heard a lot of good stories this week, but I've also, I've always heard some, some heartbreak, you know, of, of people, you know, men that have that tried and it lasted about till Tuesday and they made a mistake. Hey, listen, man, if, if you did that last week or wherever you are in your life, don't, don't give up. And people that are connected to that man who's, it took us a long time to screw up our life. It's going to take a few weeks to unscrew it. So just give us, give us a little time there. So I don't give up on them either. Just, just keep on encouraging one another. I've heard some great stories. I've heard stories because we go online by Wednesday. And from coast to coast, I've heard of men's groups all over the country say, you know, there's 50 of us in, in Kansas that so we're doing this. And there's a bunch in this state and this state. But, but I've also heard from some women. I, I got an email yesterday morning before I came to church. Um, from this woman who lives in Indianapolis, and so she was listening de- delayed. But she says, Jim, well, you were talking about being stuck and in prison in your life and then actually, you know, finding freedom. Last Sunday morning, I did that. I have been trapped in uh, domestic abuse. I've been, that crap being out of me for the last 20 years. And last Sunday, God gave me the strength to walk out that jail door and, and towards freedom. And it was really, really, really scary. So, so thank you for what just did to, to, to help her find freedom in her life. And then I, I, got, I got another email uh, Sunday, last Sunday. and I, I never met this guy. He gave me permission. We went back and forth. Um, this, this one's it's, it's really, really good. It's also really, really heartbreaking. And he gave me permission to share this. And um, here's the thing. He says, um, I'm, a, I'm a two-time combat veteran of Operation Enduring Freedom. I always got in a lot of trouble as a kid. I put myself back in that cage and became a heavy drunk and addicted to various stimulants. My son was born and even still, I didn't quit drinking and using until I was unsuccessful in blowing my head off January 4th, 2015. January 5th, 2015, I stepped out of my cage and haven't touched anything since. I've been in a three-year battle fighting for my three-year-old son. I take medication every day and I go to therapy for PTSD. Here's the part that just took my breath. I'm 26. I'm 26, I've made every wrong decision possible. I danced with the devil more times than I ever did my ex-wife. I opened more whiskey bottles than I ever did my Bible. I clung to drugs tighter than I ever hugged my son. Although I'm sober and have some stability now, I did not achieve it with God's help. I forced my success with a chip on one shoulder and self-hatred on the other. For the last five years, I've been disgusted by the man staring back at me in the mirror. The last three weeks have been the first time I've consistently gone to church. And I've been more at peace and more with Christ. Yesterday, last Saturday, yesterday I... I kneeled and signed and, and genuinely forgave myself for everything I've done, ever done, to hurt myself and those around me. I'm eternally grateful to have been at that service. And I wanna say thank you. See you next Saturday. God bless. So here's what I want. So that woman in Indianapolis is gonna to listen to us later this week. And I've never met this young man, but he's probably in this room or in one of our campuses. Would you just encourage that man and that woman for the stand and for what God's doing in their life? We just do that? So good. I really do think God's doing it in something in our church. So, so this is this is kind of weird. Listen, hey, for, you, for, for anybody that that signed that line or in the past or wants to do that, uh, the, the thin red line thing, and I'm not going to limit this to men. If you're if you're just connected to a man, <laughs> something you, you gave birth to one or whatever that is. Here's what I want I want you to do. So they're trying to train me on this social media Twitter thing I think it's witchcraft but anyway they're trying <laughs> they're trying to get me to do that and so if you would just follow me on on Twitter what I want to do is I want to stay in contact with you throughout the week a couple times just follow and I just want to send some messages this is what God's teaching me here's a word of encouragement don't give up here's a thought I, I have and then I'd like to hear back from you what God's doing in your life and so just follow follow me on that and it's it's not witchcraft but it's just this side of it and uh <laughs> And so then maybe we can stay connected and see this movement continue to grow, okay? So, that's so weird, tweet me. All right, anyway, so, so last week we kicked off this new series where we're asking this question, a big question, can people really change? And usually what our hearts or our thoughts immediately go to is can people act different? Well, she just, she just stopped doing that, right? Or can, can we behave different? But, but when we're talking about can people change, we're not just you know, dumbing it down to behavior modification. We can all behave for a while. Right? But unless something changes like inside of us, unless, unless you change or I change, it is a matter of time. Right, like, like some of us are stronger than others, and we can, like, we can muster up the strength, and you know, we can, we can be good or behave better for a week or two or a month or two. Some of us can can pull it off for, for a year or two. We can fake it so hard and concentrate so hard that we actually are acting different. And then here's what happens: is that something ambushes us that we didn't see coming. Some some emotion. Somebody does something. Somebody pulls our trigger. Or whatever. And then here's what happens: is that the real unchanged you comes vomiting out and landing on somebody and it usually lands on somebody that has nothing to do with what's broken inside of you. You faked it for as long as you could and then somebody just set you off and boom, here it comes. And and then you say to yourself or somebody else says to you, see, nothing changed. You never change, you're the same, You'll, you'll never change, right? So, well, is it possible to change? And here's what we say. Last week we looked at it like this. This may not be all of your life, but there may be just part of your life, all right? That you, that you look at and go, it's, it's just stuck. It's stuck. And a metaphor we looked at was this it feels like a bird in a cage. Right, you just can't get out, this is the way it's always gonna be. Or maybe maybe a prisoner in prison, it's like I'm just locked up here and this is the way it's always gonna be. I try not to even think about life outside of this because it's just, this is my life. And so what we're looking at is what would need to change or what would need to happen to move all of my life or just this part of my life out of stuck, right? Locked up, it's always gonna be this way until I die. What would need to happen to move from death to freedom? Is it possible for a person to change so much on the inside that just what naturally comes out of them is, is so different? Is that possible? And even if it's possible, how do you do that? How do you, and here's why I, it's a really legitimate question, because I don't see very many people changing, right? And I put myself on that list. I can fake it for a while. And I can pull off a little change here. But in terms of big changes that like affect my whole family and my whole life, I don't, I don't see that in my own life very much or in anybody else's life. And here's what we we landed last week, and you go back on, again, if you you watch any of last week, watch the last 10 minutes, but this is what we landed on last week was was this, in order for anything to change in any person's life, something or someone must be done for you that you cannot do for yourself. There's something that's out of your power that somebody else has to do for you. And you say, well, I, I don't know if I believe that. Then why haven't you already done it? Right? And then something needs to change uh, or, you know, come back together, heal or fix inside of you that you cannot fix yourself. And again, well, I think I can fix myself. Then why haven't you? Because the truth is, is what's going wrong in our life and what's breaking up all the the important parts, that has to be compelling enough that if we could fix it and if we could change it, we would have already done that. So apparently somebody outside of ourselves has to do something and then reach inside of us and do something that we cannot do for ourselves. And of course, I'm talking about Jesus. That's what he said he came to do. There's this guy named Paul we looked at last week. We're just gonna look at one verse in the Bible, right? But, um, But Paul describes, this is what Jesus has done for us and then the second part of the verse is, and now here is, is is our response to what Jesus has done. So Paul writes this. He says, "It's for freedom that Christ has set us free." So anything Christ has done on the cross, all of His teachings, His resurrection, the whole purpose of that was for freedom. For that, I am stuck. I'm locked down eternally on some parts, and just relationally in other parts. So it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now here's our response to that: stand firm, therefore. If that's happened, then stand firm, plant your feet and do not submit again like you used to do to a yoke of, of slavery, right? So, so there's some things that only Jesus can do for us that we cannot do for ourselves or in us, all right? And then there's some stuff that only we can do, all right? This is why we said it last week was this. <clears throat> Without Jesus, we can do nothing, all right? Or we already would have, on your own, you just can't fix that. You just can't change that. You just can't heal that, all right? So, so without Jesus, we can do nothing. But please, if your strategy for life is, I'm gonna sit on my couch. If you do nothing, it won't have anything to do with Jesus. I'm just gonna sit here and wait for him to change my marriage. It's just not gonna happen, right? So here's what we, this grace, this thing that Jesus does for us that we can't do for ourselves, here's where we went last week, all right? Grace on the inside, Jesus on the inside, forgiving us and connecting us to God, all that kind of, grace on the inside always leads to hard work on the outside if we want anything in our lives to change for, for the better. Always. Jesus says whatever's stored up inside of you, that's what comes out. So grace on the inside says, on the outside, I need to do, I need to get to work. So, so it always starts with grace. Here, here's the steps or here's the path for anything to change in our life. So it starts with grace, all right? There's different levels of grace. Grace that forgives you, grace that sets you free, grace that reconnects you to God. That's the first level, all right? The second level is grace that spiritually changes you. And spiritually is not anything on the outside. It's you, it's who you are, it's your identity, it's your soul, it's the stuff that's not this, it's me, all right? Changes me on the inside and then empowers me to get up out of this room in a few minutes and go do what needs to be done. So it's grace and grace and then it's followed by this. And then you have to have a vision. What would your life look like if you actually were set free what would that part of your life so we're gonna look at today all right so that's the vision what 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 do I want my life to look at followed by this and then what do you want that vision enough to do what it takes what's your intent I never really thought about that I just want it well what what, what's your I I don't know followed by this now what are you going to do your strategy you have to begin doing new and different things because what you've been doing in the past led here all right, so, so here's, here, here's the, the, the five words. Here's the, the steps. Now, here's the other thing. When you came in to one of our campuses today, somebody, a very nice man or woman, was at the door and they tried to give you one of these, all right, and you went, I don't do that. And you just walked to your seats, okay? Knock it off. So here's what I need you to do, okay? I need you to find somebody in your row to go get everybody one of these. Get, hey, kid, go get us one right now, okay? Here's 10 bucks, whatever, all right? So at all of our campuses, you, so it's always awkward the first person gets up and then 100 will do it. So just go first, leaders go first, all right? So I need you to go get one of these right now now, you're like, should we go? I don't know. Get up now. I see an aurora. Get up, all right? So so on there, there are these five boxes that have these words on it. See, look at you. You're, this is my favorite service. It really is. Wes, get up. I know you're, you're just staring at the screen, all right? So so here's, all right, so so you have these these words. We'll wait for you. It's okay. And then just grab a pin out of some lady's purse. She do not care. All right, so. So this is the path to change. Grace, grace, vision, intent, strategy. Let's say it together. One, two, three. Grace, grace, vision, intent, strategy. Now here's the thing, okay? If you leave out the first two, I can change my life without God. Vision, intent, strategy, that's just self-help. You can just go to the bookstore or find a seminar, go to Tony Robbins or something like that and go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work my plan. I got a vision for my life. Here's my career. Here's what I, I really, really, really want it. Do you really want it? And here's my strategy to make a million dollars by Christmas. So that's, that's self-help, okay? See, I don't need God to do that, okay? Self-help doesn't help or you'd be fixed, all right? But here's the other part of it. If you just go with grace and leave this out, your life changes, but not till after you die, it gets better. Right after that funeral, it gets so much better, okay? But, but between now and then, it's gonna be hell on earth. I'm saved, I'm forgiven, I got God in my life. My marriage is getting worse. My relationship with my son, done. I'm saved, and that's the only thing that changed, okay? So what we're doing is we're taking the most important areas of our life and we're running them through those five steps, all right? what would it take to see whatever your vision is for what we're gonna talk about today, to move from, boy, wouldn't that be great, to that's actually the reality I live in now. So the part of our life that we're gonna look at today, all right, it's probably one of the most tender, so let's just get it out of the way. Today, we're gonna talk about family. Can people change when it comes to family? Now, here's the, here's the thing is, some of you are already cringing because the Thanksgiving countdown has begun, right? It's less than seven weeks away and you're like, oh no, all right, she's coming back, all right? So anyway, so here's the, let's, just, let's just call out the obvious on family. There are a few people in this world that you love more than your family. You love them. You will do things for them you wouldn't do for anybody else. Anybody else, yeah, yeah here you can have a kidney. I, come, there you go, all right? So you wouldn't just do that for somebody, all right? all right? So there are very few people in the world that you love more than your family and are willing to do things you wouldn't do for anybody else, but there, there is nobody on this planet that drives you, kids in the room, crazier, right? Just, just messes up your mind and your heart. No, you don't get angrier, you don't get matter, you don't, than, than family. Like there's nobody like your mom, right? I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just true. There's just nobody. Else. And here's the other part of that is it goes like this. And there's nobody on this planet that you speak to and treat worse than your family, if you talk to anybody else, if you treated anybody else like you treat people in your family, you get punched, you get fired, you get, get arrested, but you just go, oh, that's dad, he takes it, all right, right? That's just what we do, right? Now, there, so, so some of you go. so we're going to talk about family. So some of us say, here's our reaction right now. My, all my family's jacked up. That's too big to even handle, okay? So over the next few minutes, you're going to narrow in on one of those relationships, Okay, it may be your husband or wife or your ex-husband, ex-wife, whatever that is. It may be your son or your daughter, maybe your mom or your dad, maybe your brother or sister, right? And so right now, it's just like it's everybody, but over the next few minutes, it's gonna, it's gonna kind of zero in. Finally, you're gonna land on one person. We can't take on the whole family. We're just gonna try to work on one, all right? So there was a time, there was a time when you had a relationship with this person and you thought, this is great. You might have to go back a couple decades to find that moment, but, but be honest, there was a time in your life when, when you thought that person in your family the person you're thinking about, right? It's like, it's, it's, it couldn't be any better than this. This is wonderful. Remember that? But now you're thinking of that same person right now and you're going, it's different. It's, it's changed. What we used to have is just changed. And by change, I don't mean change for the better. If you go to lunch after church today and, and somebody kind of sits you down and goes, hey, how, how are you and whoever you're thinking about, how are you all doing? You go, um, it's, it's not good. I mean, it's not horrible, you know, we don't do, you know, we don't throw things at each other, we don't fight anymore, we just, it's just, I mean, it used to be good, it's just, it's, I don't know what happened. Some of you know exactly what happened, right? But you just look at that relationship going, it's, it's, not, it's not good, and I never thought it'd be like this. I, it's not what I hoped for, like when we first got married, we started dating, or when we first had kids, or when we first did this, or whatever, when we first, you know, when you were younger, or years ago, I, I never, ever thought it would end up like this. I never imagined that, but we're actually, growing further apart, we're not getting closer. It's getting worse. Some of us, here's what we go. We're thinking about a person in our family right now, and here's what we, we, we would say. I'm done. I've done all I need to do, and it's just not, this, he's never gonna be different. And so you know what? Just to survive, I had to just say, you're out of my life. I've given up, I've accepted. That's how my mom, my dad, that's how my son, that's how my brother's always gonna be, and i just done. I get it. I'm thinking of my own life, okay? So, but here's what we also know. If, if we're not done yet, but we can see done from here, here's what we know is that, is that if something doesn't change, it is a matter of time until that relationship, because we still love them, that relationship gets further and further apart and then it separates and it loses connection and then someone's gonna file and then it's, it's gonna be dead. And it's probably not gonna happen this week. You'll might make it, you. You'll probably make it through the holidays, all right? But just whatever relationship, if it keeps on doing what it's doing and nothing changes to move it in a new direction, play that out a year from now or, or two years from now. And where does it go? Because unless something changes, it is a matter of time until you lose another one. Now, I've, I've been doing this long enough that I know that you're having imaginary conversations with me in your head, all right? I know that. You should try meds. They're good, all right? So... <laughs> They really are. So here's, um, so there's two groups of people and here's what you're saying to yourself right now. Some of you are sitting here going to, like this. I don't think that can or will ever happen to us. Right? You've already looked over at somebody and gone, that will never happen to us. Good for you. You're naive. All right, so I, I, I don't think that can ever happen to us. So that's part of us and I hope that's true. Here's the other half of the room. Here's what we're thinking. I never thought it could or would happen to us, but it did, right? That's everybody, that's, that's every, very, very few of us, you know, we've started dating somebody or got married to somebody or we had kids or something like that. Very few of us ever thought it would end up like it is right now, right? Everything's thinks that's gonna happen to other people's families. That's gonna happen to other people's marriages. That happens to other parents and, and their kids. That's what other, you know, brothers and sisters do. We, we don't ever think it could happen to us until it happens to us. We think we're gonna be different, right? We, we think we're gonna have the greatest love story the world has ever seen. I know everybody else is breaking up, not us. It's always gonna be like this. And I hope, I hope it is for you. I really, really do, that would be great. Let me tell you how the universe works, all right? There's these laws that are in place. Second law of thermodynamics, it applies to the universe, but what we're gonna say is it applies to everything. This is how it goes. You're so impressed, I know. He's a scientist now. Nope, I Googled it. So here, all right, so. Here's what's real about the universe. If left alone and there is not a constant introduction of outside energy into anything, everything will move from order to disorder and chaos right? If, if just leave it alone and don't, don't keep feeding into it and taking care of it, eventually it will move from order to dis, disorder. That, that's true with galaxies. That, that's true with, uh, uh plants. That's true with your cat. If you, if you say, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna invest in that. I'm just gonna leave that cat there. That's better. I don't, I, yeah, let's go with cats. I don't like cats. So, so I'm just gonna leave that cat there. I'm not gonna feed it. I'm not gonna water. I'm just gonna see what happens. You know what's gonna happen? It's gonna die, right? See, Leave it alone, don't invest in it, and it will fall apart. You know what, God says that's how it works in everything, including us. Look at this, all right? The same is true of human relationships, including those that we would call family. So whatever you're thinking about right now in this person, all right, if you wanted it to die, here's what you need to do, nothing. Just give it some time, and it will take care of itself, right, right? and that's the way it's always been. Third chapter of the Bible. All right, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago. God sat Adam down and goes, okay, listen, buddy, let me tell you what life is going to look like for you. Every day you're going to have to get out of bed, right? And if you want your plants to grow so you can feed your family, if you want anything good, if you want to protect your family, if you want to provide for your family, whatever that is, it's not going to be easy. You're going to get up every day and work by the sweat of your brow. And the moment you take a day off, the moment you say it'll probably be okay and nothing's going to bother it, something will come in and will choke it out and it will die. That's true with a garden. That's true with a farm. That's true with a marriage that's true with what's going on in your son or daughter that's 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 true about all all the parts of, of our life if you want them to die if you want something to just come in and choke it out until it's just dead just don't do anything and it'll take care of itself. Je- Jesus said it like this. This is one of my favorite stories Jesus ever told, all right? He's actually talking about uh, spiritually what we have to make sure that we're t- taking care of so that, so that you and God you know, stay, stay tight. He says this, he says, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, guards his own house, his goods are, are safe. So as long as you stand guard and you're protecting and you've done everything you can to do to protect your, your house, your family, the, everything inside of it, all right? As long as you're very careful and on guard, you're gonna be, be okay, you're gonna be safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. And Jesus says this, whoever is not with me is against me and whoever does not gather with me scattered. So right here, Jesus says, there's, there's just one, two deals on the table, right? You're either working for me or against me. You're either standing guard and, and taking care of your family and your marriage or, or you're not. But there's not kinda, you're either all in, or if you're not all in, then you're all out because it takes all in to make sure every, everything happens. And what Jesus is saying is, is like, you have to protect your relationship with God. You have to make sure that you're guarding your heart and guarding your life. Because if not, something's gonna come in and say, you don't need God, you need to come over this way. But he's making, the metaphor he's using is whether you're a Christian or not or believe in God or not, this is how family works. If you don't stand guard uh, uh, over your home and your marriage and your family and your kids and everything inside your house, there's somebody else that wants your stuff. Right, I, I don't know what your neighborhood like. My, my is pretty, pretty, pretty good. I lock my house when I leave. You know why? I got some cool stuff. And my neighbor's got his eye on it. I just know that, all right? So, so I'm gonna lock that up. So I'm trying to stand guard. Now that's, that's nothing, all right? There's somebody that wants to take away your wife and your daughter, there's somebody that wants what's yours. And, and they, they have no rules. They will do whatever it needs to take to come in and take what is yours, all right? And I love how Jesus says this. He says, and then that person that takes what's yours will divide, divide the spoils, which literally translates this way. He'll take what, what is yours and he will spend them on himself. He'll come in and take your marriage and he'll take your wife and he'll do with her what he wants. He'll take your daughter and your son. This is the way the world works. Unless unless we're unless we're standing guard, it's a matter of time. You feel it? E-e- every day. This is that, that story is where I got, got my, my my tattoos from, alright? So this is always weird. I just want to stand there like this. Like my arm? Alright. So anyway, so this is actually my arm, alright? And so there's more to the story, right? But so this is written on this, alright? It's Latin. Si pacem, parabellum. If you want peace. Prepare for war, prepare to fight. And so it's all there, okay? What's my vision for my life? Peace. That's a vision, peace. In Hebrew, it's shalom, all right? As God meant it to be. I want peace. For Robin and I, that's what I want in my home. I want to have peace. I want shalom for for what Robin and I have with with our children, with our grandkids. I I want peace when it comes to my finances. I want want peace when it comes to, to, I want it to be as God meant it to be when it comes to my leadership or whatever that is. The vision of my life is I want my life to be like God had in mind, okay? Now here's the other one, all right? So that's my vision. What's my intent? See, Wies, do you want peace? Do you want it? How bad do you want it? Now here's the other thing. This is just this is just dumb. Okay, so I'm sitting I'm sitting in my, in my laptop and I'm typing up this talk today or, or this week and I'm going see wees pocket. So if you want peace, I'm it. V, v, all right, uh, um, wees V I S, vision, intent, strategy. It was on my arm the whole, for five years. I'm like, uh that's a good idea right there. So I'm on, my arm, right? So I'm a slow learner, okay? But, but look at this. If you if peace is the vision for your life, how bad do you want it? Because just wanting it doesn't change anything. What do you mean? You have to have a strategy. What is that? You got to, to get up every day and go to war. I'm going to have to fight. I'm going to have to fight and fight, fight You know what? Sometimes I'm just tired. I don't want to fight. I'll give you an example of this. I didn't say this last night. Probably shouldn't say it today, but I am. So last service, here we go. All right. So, so so two weeks ago, all right? The the week before the thin red line, I wrapped up the whole Mad Men series and I really threw it out there to men going You've, you've got to sacrificially love your wife. You've got to lay down your life to take care of your wife and your kids and stuff like that in your life. Now, and you didn't know this, but in the back of my mind, as soon as I walk off the stage, I'm getting in my truck, going home, getting my wife, getting my dogs, and we're going to the mountains, at the cabin. It's gonna be great, right? Right? I, I, I'm pumped, all right. I, I mean, I love you, but I want to go up there, all right? So, I go home, I walk in the house, I start putting stuff together, and I hear Robin upstairs. Hey, oh, that wasn't a good hey, all right? So I, <laughs> you know what I mean, right? So I went upstairs and I, hey, he goes, I, I just don't feel like going. I want, I. I that's okay, that's okay. So, and I started to go, so I'm, I'm just gonna go, and she goes, would you just not go? <sighs> I just took 20,000 men, they gotta love their wives. Why did I say that? You know, and like, <laughs> it's like, what am I gonna, because I'm now caught in the middle of this, so Like because uh, I, I really wanted to go up there and just decompress, you know, and stuff like that. And I looked at her and went, no problem. <laughs> and then I walked out, she goes, eh, you're not mad, are you? Stop, don't, ladies, don't ask that. Give us a breath, all right? I went, nah, nah, it's good. I went downstairs and watched TV by myself for five hours. That's, that was awesome. And so, uh, what my point in that is doing what has to be done is very inconvenient. And it's not what you had planned, and it intrudes on, your, on what you had planned for the day. But I'm playing a long game here, and you know what I want? I want peace. I could have I had my way, I had to choose. Do I, want, do I want peace or do I want to do what I want? And I, I, I want to do that more mo- most of the time, all right? So if I want peace, I'm not perfect at it, trust me. All right, so if I want peace, prepare for it. You got to get up every day and fight for it. And here's my other tattoo, Mulan Lave, because I'm not going to hand it over to you. I am not surrendering my marriage. I'm going to fight for it every day. I'm going to fight for my character, for my leadership. I'm not going to let anybody tell me how to run my sexuality, anything like that, all right? I'm going to get up every day and fight for it, and I'm not going to hand it over Every day, if you want the most important things in your life, the most important relationships in your life to be alive and to grow and get good and get better, then you have to get up every day and actively do something because if you don't, it is a matter of time till something chokes it out or somebody takes it from you. So, are you getting more specific now on, on the family member you're thinking about, okay? So, you get that paper handy because you're gonna need it here in just a minute. So let's take whatever family relationship, and for you that might be husband, wife, ex-husband, ex-wife, I don't know, your, your, your kids, even if they're grown kids, all right? Your, your parents, you know, everybody had parents. That, ta-da, that's how it works, all right? And, uh, or your brother, brother and sister. Let's take the, that relationship specifically down, down the only path to change, all right? And it will always start with the word grace, Okay, so here's, here's what some of the other services have done or I've encouraged them to do. Maybe, maybe you don't write anything on this paper until after the service. We're gonna get out here on time. Don't get used to it. I, I'm just running short today. So, all right, so So at the end of this, if you just need to sit here for a few minutes, so there's not a song at the end, I'm gonna pray, amen, and then you might wanna sit back down and then fill out whatever God's put on your heart or you wrote down the wrong stuff. You might just wanna go get another one, another piece of paper. Here's the other thing is online on our discussion questions, this, this, this will be there every week for you to run this part of your life through. So, so you, got, you got this relationship, all right, and, and you're zeroing in it, and it always starts with grace. And here's what grace, remember this, grace on the inside, your inside, you, all right, always leads to hard work on the outside. And there's two levels of grace that we're gonna run this relationship or we're gonna run our part of the relationship through, all right? So grace that forgives you and sets you free and reconnects you to God, so that's step one. The other one, it goes like this. It spiritually changes and empowers powers you. So there's grace that forgives us for, you know, whatever. There's grace that breaks us free from whatever. And then there's grace that connects us to God. Then there's grace that changes who we are on the inside. And then there's this grace that actually gives us the strength to do something. You know what? We love hearing about grace in church. We love hearing about grace. and We're all going to heaven and God loves us and Jesus died on the cross and all the kind you know what? You know what we, we tend to skip over? Why we need grace in the first place. Right? The reality uh, it goes like this. The reason we need grace is because we have stuff in our life that needs forgiveness. Right? The the reason we need to be set free is because there are things in our life that we need to be set free from because right now, we're still chained to them. We're Christians, all right? But it's like we cannot break free from this part of our life. And then the other thing is that we need to be reconnected back to God because there's something blocking us from God. And I'm not talking about salvation. I'm not talking about whether you go to heaven or hell. That is taken care of, right? We're saved by grace and faith, all right? But I'm talking about this. I'm saved, but my relationship with God is a million miles away. Anybody? Right? It's like, and I, I just, I'm disconnected from him. And I need forgiveness. And this isn't like, the, the, well, nobody's perfect, Jim, and everybody makes mistakes. I guess we all need forgiveness. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something very, very specific. I'm gonna use a word that nobody likes to talk about any, anymore, but, but it is kind of at the root of everything that's screwed up in our life. I wanna talk about this word sin, okay? And when I say sin, in this context of what we're talking about today, here's what, what I mean, all right? We have all done something, or we have all held on to something, or we have all believed a truth that is different than who God says we are, what we're worth, and what is true about another person. We've all done that. God says this is true about you. God says this is true about that other person. God says this is what you're worth. This is what they're, they're worth. You know what? And we look at that and we go, you know what? If that's what you say. I'm gonna hold on to this. I'm gonna believe this about myself and about this other person. And then out of that truth that's different than what God says is true, we've, we've done some stuff, right? We've done some stuff that leads to a place that God says doesn't lead, doesn't lead to, to life, doesn't lead to truth, all right, it's sin. Thanks, God. I know what you, what you want. I'm going to do something different. And then we do it, and then the fallout of that follows us. Right? The consequences of that follows. We brought it home with us. We brought it into this marriage. We come home from work every day, and we throw it at our kids. Or we come home from school, and we throw it at our parents. There's stuff that needs to be forgiven, Right, so the uh, other thing is there's things in our life we have to be set free from. There are things that, in our life that we have done for so long and believed for so long, it's like we're addicted to them. Like, I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm addicted to shame, right? I'm, I'm addicted, addicted to guilt, all right? And it's like it owns, there's some habits in my life, I'm not gonna tell you about, it, right? But it's like I've tried so many times to break them and it's like I, I promised God that was the last time and then I do it again. It's like it owns me and until those chains are unlocked, Until that happens, this whole idea of being connected and close to God just seems, it just seems impossible. So if I want anything in my life to change or this relationship with the person I'm talking about, I I have to take that part of my life and, and kind of put it through that, the need for grace filter. All right, so this relationship you're talking about. And here's the other part. I know there are two sides to every story. So whatever, you, just take those excuses about, okay, you don't understand what's going on with her or him or her, you don't know what they did. I, you know, you're right. Just take that crap and just put it over there and you can pick it up after church if you want to, okay? So, so here's, all right, so, so you're looking at this, there's two sides to every story and you're not in charge of changing anybody. You can't make anybody respond to something like that. Here's a question I wanna ask you, all right? What has God said is true about you and about this other person that you're thinking about? What's God said is true about you or this other person, followed by this. And what what have you believed about yourself? Or what have you believed about that other person that's different than what God says is true about you or that person? Followed by this, and then what have you done out of that? To that other person. How, how about this one? Or what have you allowed to be done to you? Out of holding on to something that God says isn't true. I'll give you, there's a woman in Indianapolis. Here's the definition of her life for the last 20 years. I'm a punching bag. That's all my value. That's my role. I've talked to some young men in this church that they got sexually abused as a kid and they actually put up a white flag and go, that's my role in the, in the world of men. That's all I am. That's all I'm good for. Here's my role. My dad left me. Apparently my role is I'm just not worth anything. And you brought that in and you've allowed things to be done to you or you're doing things to other people because you're holding on to something that's not true. See, we all have baggage, right, me too, right, right, you could call it shame, call it regret, call it fear, call it insecurity, but we intentionally or unintentionally, I don't know what it is, we we bring that into our family with us, we bring it into that relationship with us, we brought it into this marriage, and that's whats it's showing up, all right, again, we come home, and when we sit at the dinner table, we come home from school or whatever that is, and then it comes out on on, on other people that didn't really do anything, they just trigger you. So is there anything that you are addicted to? Is there any behavior, any, any memory, any emotional trigger that controls you? It owns you. It's been going on for so long, you can't even imagine not thinking like that or feeling like that or doing that every day. And you tell yourself, you know, it's not really affecting anything. I got it under control. It's, it's, it's no big deal, right? But, but it is, right? It, it is, it's, it's, it's affecting everything. And here's the other part of that, is you say, you know, I could stop. I could change this if I, if I, if I wanted, but you know what? You can't, or you already would have, right? You already would, you say it's no big deal, but it is. It is a big deal. So here's what I wanna do, all right? I, I, I wanna take a, a it's no big deal scenario and show how it's, it's ruining everything, all right? So, so, so whatever you're thinking of right now, this may not be it, but you're smart enough that you can go, I can, it's not that in this relationship, but I, I can do the math and I can see how it applies to my relationship. So, so I, I wanna look at one example of, of what may be ruining that relationship, okay? Jesus said this, he taught this in every one of the, the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the biographies, all right? In every one of them, in several different places, he made a comparison, and he said that being, being locked up in bitterness and anger and hatred, he, he's, and I'm not talking about someone makes you mad this afternoon and then you worked it out and had dinner together, that's just life, okay? I'm talking about there's this thing that happened like years ago, and, and every year that goes by, you get angrier, you, you hate that person more, and you are bitter, all right? He says, being being locked up in hatred and anger and bitterness, if you do that long enough, is the exact same thing as being locked in a jail cell. It owns you. You can't get out. It owns you. It affects everything. It defines every relationship. You are locked up in bitterness and hatred and anger, right? And and, and, and it's like, it just feels like this way it's always going to be. Jesus also says the same thing. uses the same word, right? The word forgiveness and the word cancel a debt are the same word. And the way out of Either one of those jails is the same way, right? The only way out of a prison of anger and bitterness and hatred is forgiveness. And I'm not just talking about you need to be forgiven. That's not what has you locked up. Maybe some of us, all right? I'm talking about, I messed up my life, Jesus, will you forgive me? Yes, he opens the door and you can be free if you want to. I'm talking about this. Um, The thing that has you locked up is that the only way out of that is, is we have to forgive that other person. The only way to be free of anger and bitterness and hatred, defining and owning our life, is that we have to cancel our debt, cancel their debt, cancel our need for somebody to try to make it right. And that seems impossible, the one I'm thinking about, right, It doesn't even seem fair. But if you really were honest with yourself, there is nothing that you could do or they could do to make it right, right, there's nothing. There's nothing they could do or you could do to them going fine, I don't have to carry that anymore. And that's a fantasy. Look, look, look at this, all right, this is just true. It is impossible to repay what is owed when what is owed is that much. Because I've rehearsed my scenarios. I'm a good shot. I've played, you're going, is he serious? Oh yeah, yeah, they wouldn't see it coming. There's a person in my life that I've actually rehearsed, you know, all I have to do is just hide in the woods and he goes to work every day. I play this out and then, he's, then that person's dead and then what? Don't tell me I'm the only one in this room that's ever rehearsed murder. I'm just, you're a liar, right? It's, it's, we've all done it. It's like, I just would do this. That's all I would do, right? So whatever that is. So th- then what, okay? All right. What if I took from him what he took from me? What if I made him feel the pain that, 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 that he made me feel? And then what? Then I'm okay? You know that's not true, right? So here's my deals, all right, right? I have a choice, a decision. I can cancel what they owe me because they can't pay me back anyway. Or I can say, no, here's what I choose. I'm gonna stay locked up in, in anger and I'm gonna be stuck in this cell forever and nothing will change. You get to choose. And please, please, when I say forgive, there's no part of me goes, pretend like it doesn't matter. That's just, that's just bull. That's just, doesn't need right, right? No, it's just it's that, that, my need to fix this is not gonna control my life anymore, Right? He say, well, how can you do that? We have, I say this all the time. You gotta go back to Jesus, right? That's the only way, right? You gotta go back to Jesus. I, I screwed up my life and, and I know what I deserve and God looked at me and was, there's no way you could pay that back. I just cancel it and, 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 and forgive you, right? So we're forgiven. We're free from all condemnation. But if we want to be free this side of our funeral, we have to do that for that other person. Here's the thing, all right? It's not even happening anymore. They've been dead for 10 years. You do not even talk to them. They live on the other side of the country. They moved on. You're still here in in, in Colorado, locked up in lack of forgiveness and bitterness, and and, and you can't move on because it owns you. And you gotta forgive. And here's the thing, the, the level of forgiveness that I'm thinking about, and I can't imagine what your story's like, you look at and go, that, you're asking me to do the impossible. Right. Which is why we need somebody outside of ourselves to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And then move inside of us and do something in us that actually makes us the kind of person that could actually do that. And to give us the strength to get up out of this room and begin to live a different life. And that's what Jesus promised. So how, what, do you, what do you mean? It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And then he says this, now st- stand Stand firm, plant plant your feet, and I will give you the strength and the grace to do everything that I'm telling you to do. But it's your choice, right? So let's just say you manage to do that. You know, you're looking at that relationship going, you know, there's some sin in there. I need to ask God to forgive me for it. And there's some things I need to really work on there. And And then there's some things I need to do and I'm scared of, of doing it. I cannot imagine how scared that lady was in Indiana to report her husband. I can some of you have had to do that. I can't imagine what she's going, and he will lose his job, and then I don't know where we're gonna have groceries. I don't know what courage that takes to say, but it's better than this. So that's grace, comes in, all right? So let's say you manage, you manage to do that, all right? But if you don't go on to the next three steps, right, you're saved and you're forgiven, and you're going to heaven after you die, just nothing's gonna change here in this life. And Jesus says, I want things to change here in this life. You have to go on to this, vision, right? What would your life look like if you could actually be free? and forgiven, all right? And intent, do you, want, do you want it, do you want that vision to be a reality in your life enough to do whatever it takes, followed by strategy. You gotta get up out of this room and from now on, not someday, but like now, begin doing things different. So this is the fun part, okay? So get your paper out, all right? So we're in the middle there, all right? We'll come back to that. So here's what I want you to do, all right? I want you to imagine what this relationship what it would it feel like? What it would it be like to be in a relationship if it matched up with what God really wants for you? Now, again, here's you going, but Jim, you don't understand. It's just impossible. It's never going. Stop. Okay, but what if? What if? What if that part of your life, God, God looked at and went, "That's really, really good." I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. What, marriage. Okay, imagine you had the kind of marriage. You had the kind of relationship ongoing, not just the first year. I'm talking about like 20, 30 years later. What, What if, what if somehow in the middle of my talk about marriage, God ripped the ceiling open, just go with it, all right? And he looked around the room and went, attention, everyone. I had this idea called marriage and let me, all right, so row 14, section three, everybody look at them, that they're nailing it. And what if he pointed at you? What if he's pointing you, so this is what I had in mind. The way he treats her and loves her and protects her, the way, the, the way she loves him and honors him and the, the way they take care of each other, the way they build each other up and encourage one another. What if he's pointing at you? What if you had that? What would that look like? What would that feel like, right? What, what if, and this isn't just marriage, but this is just, just whatever you call family, right? No, no, what if no matter what the circumstances of the day, whether they were good or bad, what if at the end of the day, the two of you, your family, whatever, was closer, not blown apart every time? What, what if you could look at this person and go, you know what, this has been the worst day ever. Our kids blew up. They, they just lost their minds, went off the rails. Our finances just went further down the toilet. I, I don't know, right? Our, our, you know, we just went to the doctor and there's a spot on the x-ray and that's really got us freaked out. And you know, like always, your, your, your parents are from hell, all right? and you're, my in-laws, whatever, they're, they did it again, all right? What if at the end of the day, you all were holding on to each other tighter, you weren't actually sleeping in different rooms on different floors in hotels? What if? What if? You have a vision. Can you imagine it? Or how, how about this? This is going to freak somebody out. What if today, you know, you go home and, and, and you are you go through a drive-thru, whatever, and you get your everybody's kind of opening up the stuff, all right? And what if the doorbell rings and you open the door and it's Jesus? Go with it, all right? All right, so, and Jesus went in, because i just like to, to talk with y'all for a, a little bit, and you're like, oh, crap, it's Jesus. All right, so, so you sit down in the family room, hopefully before kickoff, all right? But anyway, so... <laughs> I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest, okay? So, so, so Jesus says, okay, here's what I'm going to do. So, I'm going to hang out with you for a week. I'm going to follow your family around. I'm going to go to, car, I'm gonna go to the carpool with you. I'm going to go to soccer games. I'm going to go to work with you. I'm going to go to school with you. I'm going to go on your dates with you, all that kind of stuff, right? So, so here's what I, and so next Sunday afternoon, what I'd like to do is have us meet right back here at the kitchen table again, and I'd like to just describe for you what I saw. And then next Sunday comes along, and he sits you all, everybody down, and he goes, okay, in one word, this is how I describe your family. You are, and what word do you hope? He uses, and it's probably not the word that's coming to mind right now, disaster, dysfunction, whatever that is, right? So what, what word do you hope Jesus goes? You know what, when I look at this family and the way you all just did life together, all right, the word is, what, what would that be? Can you imagine going through the week living out of that, that word, right, right? Here, here's one. This one, this one, this one hits close home for me. What if, what if you could reconnect with your sister? Or your brother? Because, you know, what if you get a start over? What if you get a fresh start? What if, what if when, you, when you hung out with her, all right? It could be like it used to be. It's like, when I'm with her, I just feel alive. When I, I feel joy and I, and I, I, feel, I feel peace. I just, she gets me and I get her. We have so much history. We've seen a lot of the same things. We share things that nobody else on the planet under, understands. What if you could reconnect? What would that be like? Followed by intent. Right? Do you want it? But you don't understand, stop, do you want it? Because intent says this, from this point on, I'm gonna do whatever I can do to move my life to that vision, to become a reality. listen, that's really, really important you hear what I say. I'm gonna do what I can do. I can't do everything. I can't do her part or his part. I can't do their work for them. I can't fix them. I can't say, I'm not in charge of their response. I'm saying this, at the end of the day, I wanna look in the mirror and go, I did everything that I could do And I'm willing to do anything else I can do to see this relationship move back together from this point on. I want it. I wanna say, again, I said this every week and I'm gonna say it every week so far. I am not saying the reason that your marriage blew up or the relationship with your son or daughter blew up or the way that you, you, your, 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 you and your brother or sister or whatever, that I'm not saying that it's, it's all messed up because you don't want it to be good. I am not saying that. I am saying this, until you want it to be good, until you want it bad enough and are willing to do whatever it takes, it's just not gonna change for the better, Right? See, intent is this, it's that moment of truth that says, that asks this question, from now on, thin red line, whatever you wanna call it, I'm willing to step across that line, burn the bridge behind me, and say, there's no going back, I'm gonna, from now on, I'm gonna start pursuing that vision. So here's my question, whatever that vision is for your life, do you want that? Do you want it? And let's be honest, some of us are going, nope, nope, I know I'm supposed to want it, I should want it, Jesus wants me to want it, right? Whether that is all right. I don't don't want it. I'm not ready to, no way, I can't. Even if I could, I don't want it. Okay, great. Be honest. Here's what you're, you're doing though, okay? I'm in charge of my life. So I'm choosing to not change. I'm choosing slavery, more slavery. I know what God says is true. I choose to disagree with God. Even if he's right, he says that leads to life. I just, I don't want that. So I choose to stay here. Can I just say this? Own it. Just don't be a victim. Oh, my marriage will never change. Oh, I'll never get along with my daughter. My, my, my parents will never, my brother will never. Maybe, maybe that's true, okay? But, but, but at the end of the day, okay, when it falls apart totally, here's what you're giving up. You can't put your finger in God's chest and blame him. And you can't look at that other person and say it's all their fault because what you decided today was, I'm not doing anything. I'm not changing anything. I'm staying here. If anything's gonna change, it's on them. Okay, that's where it goes. Own it. All right, so let's say you didn't say no. All right, church, here we go. All right, so let's say you said yes. So yeah, I want that. I, I, I really want, I want that to happen. I want that to be a reality in my life. Then you have to rethink your current strategy because it's not working, right? And then intentionally get up out of this room and just keep on building it and figuring it out and then start working it. Number one teaching from Jesus. It wasn't about heaven or hell, it was this. I, Jesus said this, I am making things available to you that have never been available to you. You can take any part of your life, the broken parts, the sinful parts, the relational, dysfunctional messes, all the parts of your life, and you can take them because I have, I've forgiven it and I've taken away the separation and I'm gonna move inside of you. You can take all the parts of your life and put them inside of me, inside the kingdom, and they mean something totally different. And in the kingdom, impossible things are actually possible. Jesus said this, now that the kingdom is available to you, anybody, all right, you might wanna repent. That's a Bible word for this. Rethink all the parts of your life and build a new strategy. So you want that? Jesus says I, I'm, I'm willing to I'm, I'm here let's go go do you want it let's rethink how we've been doing life so let's get really practical okay really practical and we're moving down to strategy all right so what's one thing what's one thing you could do and it's, and I'm not saying well I'm going to pray about it eh. don't pray if pray how okay all right so so what's one thing you could do differently today to move that relationship towards that that vision all right, you're not gonna save your marriage today. You're not gonna reconcile with your kids today, probably. You're not gonna get sober and never think about whatever again today, right? All right, but what's one thing you could do to say I took a step in, in that direction? So by definition, love means to provide or protect. What's one thing you could provide that might help this relationship move in a good dire- direction? right what, what did you bring to the table here's another. love also means to to protect so what's something that's going on in this relationship that you need to say I got to get that out of the way or this is never going to come back together so what's one thing in the name of love you could say I've got to abandon that or this isn't going to come back together what, what do you mean all right so I, I'm married to her I'm addicted to porn we're not going to be okay until this is dealt with you follow me I, this is going on in my life. I don't know what that is. I have this secret life. I have this other thing going on. And because of that, I'm never going to be close to my parents because this is in the way of that. And I'm really worried that if I, if I, if I told them about it, then they, they, they would just blow up our family. Your family's going to blow up anyway, just so, so you know, right? So let's deal with that and let's get it out of the way and just see what God wants to do. Okay. So get out your papers. You got 30 seconds. All right, So. So here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to take that part of your life. And you might want to write in code because people are nosy. It's like, oh, crap. So, uh, so I want you to get this out right now. Right? And maybe you're going to do this later today, right? So grace, what what's, what's sin is going on in your life? And by that, what are you holding on to or believing that's different than what God says is true and right and good? And you're holding on to it. And it's screwing everything up. Right? Ask him to forgive you for that. And if it's, if it's like this ongoing thing that you don't see how it's gonna change, ask him to, to break that chain and ask him to make himself more real to you. Okay, let's go to the next one, right? So there's this grace that changes and empowers you. So there's this part of you that's so damaged and wounded until that starts to heal, really, I can't even move on. So what part of you inside needs to heal and change? Ask him to begin doing that. And what, again, what, what is so scary and overwhelming that you go, I don't know if I'm strong enough to get up out of this room and go do that, then ask him for the grace that will give you enough power to do that. Go, go, go down to this next one, all right? And throw all the, but what about this and what about this? What would your life look like if, if you were forgiven and this change were broken and you began to change and be a stronger person on the inside to do what needs to happen? What, what relationship, what would that look like? What words would re- describe the relationship of the two of you? intent. Do you want that? And are you ready to go get it? And if the answer is no, why not? And then I have a feeling you need to go back up to the first two boxes because I have baggage and I'm locked up. So, and nothing changes. Just so up, the top four boxes get you into heaven, all right? Now you have to go to the, the bottom one. What's one thing you can start doing different? Not one, one thing should they do different. That's, there's not a big enough piece of paper, right? So, so what is one thing you can do different starting now in this part of your life, all right? So um, let's all stand up at all four of our campuses. It's just gonna, there's no music. You already sang your last song, all right? So, uh, so here's what we're gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna pray Um, at the end of this. uh, There's gonna be a prayer team at the front of all of our auditoriums, and then there's offering buckets in the back. There's communion stations in the back. But if you just need to sit in this auditorium for a few minutes and 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 think about that, or if you just need to run to the car and get home, all right, and think about it, and then you can get online and you can download this all through the week. Okay, so so let's pray, and then uh, and then we're dismissed. So God. it just got real, because we're not talking about somebody else's family or somebody else's marriage or somebody else's kids or somebody else's brother or sister. We're talking about ours. And the, honestly, God, there's, we, we've been living this way for so long, we haven't even thought about change. But now that your spirit's kind of brought it up in us, we realize how much we miss that person, how much we want that person to be in our lives. But there's 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 baggage, God, that, that needs to be forgiven. There's 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 baggage inside of us that needs to be healed up because what happened happened and it matters. It just doesn't have the right to own us anymore. And so God, we ask you to do in us what only you can do. And then give us a vision for what this, this relationship could look like. And then if 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 we look at it and go, I don't want it, here's something that only you can do. Can you help us want it? for the first time and then we show us what we need to do here in about 30 seconds when we walk out of this room. Show me what I need to do different from now on so that that vision might become a reality. That's all made possible because of what Jesus has already done for us. So it's in his name I pray, amen, thanks.